1: So in my dreams, all wrestlers are friends and go and get coffee after every show. This is an insane way to think and not true because they are just humans at the end of the day. Sports entertainment is like any job, has its ups and its downs. Sorry. There are some amazing connections though you'd never imagine in your wildest thoughts. So let's get into some of those today. Because welcome my friends, my name is Simon from What Culture. please do subscribe. And this is 10 incredible links between wrestlers you'd never expect. Number 10, Luke Gallows, Vince McMahon and Antonio Inoki. I mean, that's a strange threesome already, right? Where did it come from? Well, I'll tell you. For some reason, as promoters, both McMahon and Anoki decided to tell Luke Gallows that matches he had in their companies were rubbish. Yep, this is what they did. Vince's admission came after a Revival vs. Good Brothers match, as Dax Harwood revealed on his podcast, where after they all came through the curtain, they were told that's the worst match the boss had ever seen. Now, this wasn't true and was pure hyperbole, but the words were still thrown in their direction. That's just mean. As for Antonio, well, he was so upset with Gallows' match against Sylvester Terkay for the Inoki Genome Federation back in 2011, he stormed to the ring, shouted bullshit, and tried to call it off. Now, admittedly, it wasn't great, it did kind of fall apart, but still, I don't think we needed to do that, but we did. Number 9. The Muta Family Tree Now all of this is in kayfabe, but still, it's the maddest family tree and is rooted in the supernatural, because why wouldn't it be? We start with the Great Kabuki, who was one of the first to spit mist in people's faces, which the Great Muta borrowed and combined with some truly innovative offense in the 1980s. This was so successful, let's not forget when he retired in 2023, he was still getting huge reactions. It led to him being introduced to to an American audience in 1999, where in the story, he was the son of Kabuki in the NWA. So there you go. When you do connect the dots though, it also means Kabuki is the grandfather of Akebono who appeared at WrestleMania 21, because in 2007, that guy was also introduced as Muta's son. Don't worry if you're lost, I am too, and I'm the one that read about all this. It gets more insane as well, because around this time, Muta blew mist into Yingling the Erotic Terrorist, which is when Akebono was born out of an egg. And yes, you heard all of those words. I'm sorry, I am laughing. Anyway, I suggest you forget all of this ASAP. It is far too weird. Number eight, Steve Austin, Owen Hart, and that pile driver. This story is horrible. Understandably, Steve Austin struggled to forgive Owen Hart for the bad pile driver at SummerSlam 1997 because it broke his neck and essentially reduced his career by years. It's crazy because even Jim Ross was talking about this on his podcast recently. Owen was the safest guy you could hope to work with. Thankfully, Stone Cold has moved on in recent years, but there is more to this because when the pair were putting the match together the rattlesnake was confused as to why hart wanted to do the tombstone version of the move and fall to his ass he asked for that not to happen and that they just keep it simple when owen did it anyway even now we don't really know why the whole situation is just sad as it is wrestling though there is a strange connection because back in 1992 when austin was touring japan he did the exact same maneuver to masahiro chono on a battle autumn tour which left chono injured now we don't know if this was agreed on beforehand but still Still, it's a terrifying coincidence. Number seven, the CM Punk Ultimate Warrior bromance. On paper, you would assume these two wouldn't click just because of their very different values, but I suppose this is wrestling for you never makes any sense. But before The Ultimate Warrior passed away in 2014, he and one CM Punk did strike up a friendship. They would send DMs to each other over Twitter, and in the Best of the World DVD extras, CM even reads some of these out with Jim Helwig telling him he's the man. That is a very real relationship, being nice and everything. Even though I've seen all of this in real time, it still gets me, however. The Ultimate Warrior and the Voice of the Voiceless. So I suppose maybe they bonded over a hatred of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Now that I can see. Number 6, Wrestler's Ages This one is a little bit silly, but I do think it shows how mad wrestling can be, because look, as of me talking, Dolph Ziggler is 42 years old and as good as he ever was. Hell, he's probably even better. Back in 1996, though, when Hulk Hogan was 42, Vince McMahon told him he was too old and kicked him out of the company, basically. Hulkamania was a relic and we needed the new generation, cue the NWO, and whoops. What's even more nuts is Darby Allin being 30 years old, which is the same age as the big boss man in 1996 which is when The Cop's first WWE run came to an end. How does that make any sense? We can continue as MGF is 27 years old and often calls himself the youngest and fastest rising star in the history of pro wrestling, and Hogan at that age was feuding with Earthquake. I remember watching that and thinking Hulk was at least 48. Just for a totally random one as well, Kira Hogan, who is still finding herself as a performer, which is totally fine by the way, is 27 years old, which is when aunt Anderson joined the Four Horsemen. It is utterly wild.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be... Number five, Super
1: Dragon and Jim Cornette's shared wrestling philosophy.
2: If you're aware of these two wrestling bookers and how
1: they approach wrestling, this should surprise you. For Super Dragon is the person in charge of pro wrestling gorilla, and yeah, Jim Cornette, I think, hates that promotion more than anything borderline crazy the rage he has for that brand. Over the years, he has said some truly shocking things about it, and one you may have heard is situated around the grenade spot. Google it if you want to know more. Just prepare your ears and make sure there's no children present. It is way too much. If we take a moment, though, you will see comparisons in some sense. Because When Jim was booking OVW in the early 2000s, he told WWE head of talent relations Johnny Laurinaitis that he didn't just want to book WWE guys because how was that going to help? They needed to work with more established stars from the outside in order for them to be ready for the big time, because it's all a bad experience. Well, when we go back to Mr. Dragon, that's basically PWG. He willingly invites imports from all across the globe to work with the next generation of talent so they can make their mark and improve as wrestlers. I mean, that's the entire point. So when you do break it down, their approach for getting wrestlers over was exactly the same. I would keep that to yourself though. I don't think somebody mentioned in this conversation would agree. Number four, Super Dragon and Vince McMahon. And as we've done one Dragon tie let's do another and shift across to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Some information for you in case you don't know, PWG is very much a niche brand of wrestling that wants to push the art of the sport forward. You never know what you're going to get, but it's always pretty darn amazing. It's also fair to say that without Pro Wrestling Gorilla, we don't get AEW, and the Lucha style that is so present in today's matches was also sparked off here in a. America. Of course, Mexico is super important too, but go and research all of this. So many of today's current stars say PWG is where they took a step up. It's a far cry from what Vince McMahon does in the sense that WWE's brand of sports entertainment is very different, and yet what they do both do is kick the shib out of their babyfaces to get heat. That's right. If we do go back to 2009, when the PWG faithful had decided they just didn't like the Young Bucks anymore, Super Dragon refused to turn them heel. Eventually in 2010, they did go villain and Basically changed the industry, but before this Super decided that Brian Danielson and Roderick Strong would maul Matt and Nick Jackson so badly that fans would start to sympathize with them. Now it worked, but it also went bad. Danielson and Strong took it way too far to the point there was some sadness after the fact. It's absolutely brutal. There's countless examples of McMahon we could use to compare this as well, but let's go with the obvious one, the pre-tribal chief Roman Reigns. Just go and watch any of his early WrestleManias or countless pay-per-view appearances and what do we do to try and turn him into a mega baby face. have him beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten, hoping eventually the audience would feel sorry for him and cheer. It did almost work. Once, you know the deal. Number three, Jim Cornette and Vince Russo do have something in common. So remember what we said about Jim Cornette earlier? Triple that when it comes to Vince Russo, because man, these two do not get on fact there's even been death threats. I am not kidding. It's orders today they both make a living trashing modern day pro wrestling even though they shouldn't. Some of their comments about overseas wrestlers are deplorable. It's archaic thinking and I don't like it, wrestling is for everyone. Their disdain from each other comes from the fact that Russo is very much uh, the wrestling part of wrestling sucks kind of a guy, whereas Jim is proper old school. Cornette also wasn't a huge fan of Vince's obsession for work shoots and thought it was out of control, until you get to the invasion angle. Because when these two were reminiscing about such times, with Russo just voting for more NWO nonsense, Cornette thought William Regal should jump back to WCW and beat Chris Benoit up for real, so people thought this new WWF versus World Champion Wrestling program was legit. What? This continued when he did more fantasy booking and said that FTR should have shot on the Young Bucks at Full Gear 2020, so the hate there would be believed too. I mean, could we please just let wrestling be wrestling? Thank you. Number two, CM Punk and the Shield. So it does seem very likely that the idea for the Shield came from CM Punk. Originally, he wanted three developmental guys around him and chose Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Cassius Ono to protect his world title, which would allow him to be a bit of an asshole. WWE liked it, but switched in roman reigns because it was roman reigns and he had been chosen punk was cool with this as i think he understood the deal and given that ambrose would be with him somebody he once referred to as wwe's secret weapon all was good this was a fun concept what's become fascinating in 2023 is that all three members have now come out and passed judgment on punk (laughs) Reigns <laughs> told the Load Management Podcast that he doesn't like CM, who made his job a lot harder, whereas we know what Seth Rollins said recently. He called CM a cancer in an interview with Nick Hausman before the Raw Rumble. The now John Moxie also weighed in on Rennie Paquette's podcast as he referred to Punk as What's-His-Dick as he went into how disappointing the fallout from All Out was to the point the rumour today is that the former world champions are not on the best of terms. There's reasons for all of this, but going back to the title of the video, it's just crazy how we got here. Where on earth are we going to be in another 10 years? Not sure I want to know. Number one, CM Punk and the Young Bucks. Alright, so this one is going to get people to go, what? But stick with me and please do remember that once again, they're humans first and foremost. Most they have feelings too. But we shall start with finishing moves. Because both kind of adopted their ultimate manoeuvre to wind people up as Punk used the GTS as a wink wink nudge nudge to the crazy fans who just told him he stole all his stuff from Japan. Whereas Matt and Nick Jackson literally named their finish the Meltzer Driver, because according to some, the Bucks only wrestled to get star rating. I mean, that is wonderful trolling. It goes further than this, though, as on a more serious note, both really wanted to change wrestling. Punk tried to move things along in WWE and did open the door for loads of independent wrestlers, whereas the Jacksons proved you don't need to be associated with a big company to make it. They built their own brand and they totally smashed it. Both have always been over in every single company, except for their time in TNA when the promotion had no idea what to do with them, and neither indulge in alcohol or drugs. This is why it's super sad today they're not on the same page as they've all done so much to get us to where we are now. It's life, I suppose, though. Not everything is going to make sense. Know of any other incredible links between wrestlers that you would never expect? Please do make sure you let us know in the comments below. Watch another video, and then like the video, share the video, and subscribe. You can also read more articles like this on whatculture.com, and you can follow us on social media at WhatCultureWWE and Simon miller 316 you say hello, we will say hello back. My name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling. Thank you so much for joining me as always, and hopefully you learned something today. If you didn't, you're officially a wrestling nerd, which makes you the best person on the planet. Hey,
0: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.